Welcome back to our study of First Kings. We are in First Kings chapter 17 today. And here we are going to be introduced to the prophet Elijah. Um, last time we were introduced to King Ahab, a king who did more evil even than Jeroboam, more evil than Omri who was before him, a king who married an idolater in Jezebel, a king who built a temple for Baal and built an altar for him and provoked the Lord to anger. But now we're going to meet Elijah, a prophet of the Lord, famous for his stand against the prophets of Baal. And that showdown is going to come in the next chapter. But for now, we're going to see the beginning of God's response to Ahab for his wickedness through the prophet Elijah. So let me read for us 1 Kings 17 verses 1 to 7. It says, Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord lives, the, or excuse me, as the Lord the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, Depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Cherith, that is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And after a while the brook dried up, because there was no rain in the land. So. We're introduced to Elijah here in verse 1. We're told that he's a Tishbite of Tishbe and Gilead. And Elijah's name is significant because the name Elijah means something like God is Yahweh or my God is Yahweh. So for the prophet who is going to stand against the prophets of Baal, to show everyone that Baal is not a real God, but the God of Israel is the one true God, even his very name is significant, right? He is named Elijah. He is named Yahweh is God. And so his name communicates his main message, right? That Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is the God that people should worship. And he comes and speaks in the name of the Lord. He says to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives. So he's speaking in the name of the Lord, right? And as a prophet, he's speaking on behalf of the Lord. And he also says uh, that the Lord is the one before whom I stand. So Elijah himself is not the point, right? The point is who Elijah represents, he stands before the Lord, perhaps indicating that he's the Lord's servant or that he's accountable to the Lord. He speaks on behalf of the Lord in God's name and his very name, Elijah, communicates the importance of the Lord, the one true and living God. In the same way, as Elijah is not really the point, but 
who he represents and who he's speaking for. In the same way, when, re- when we read the Bible, the most important thing is not whether we're reading Moses or Matthew or Paul or whoever, but is knowing that we are reading the Word of God. Right? All Scripture is breathed out by God, 2 Timothy 3.16 says. All Scripture is ultimately God's Word, and it all comes to us with God's authority. We need to keep that in mind whenever we read it or listen to it. Now, what does Elijah say to King Ahab? He says, There shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. Now, this is, believe it or not, exactly what we should have expected. We have seen before now that knowing earlier parts of the Old Testament is really helpful for understanding what's going on in 1 Kings. The author of 1 Kings does not always explain to us this is happening because because he doesn't have to. Right? Sometimes he will spell it out for us, but other times he leaves it to us to put the pieces together based on what the rest of the Bible says. Now, in Deuteronomy, there's a really significant passage in Deuteronomy 28 that lays out the curses, the consequences for Israel if she sins against the Lord and doesn't keep his word. In Deuteronomy 28:15, he says, But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, or be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. So if you don't obey me, if you don't keep my commandments, this is what is going to happen. Now, one of those curses in that passage is um, the curse of exile, that Israel will be cast out of her land and have to live among foreign people. And we've already seen back in chapter 14 that because of Israel's idolatry, God is going to send her into exile, just as he warned them in Deuteronomy 28, in that passage about the curses. But now, another part of the curse is going to come upon them. In Deuteronomy 28, 23, and 24, it says, so here's another one of the consequences if they don't keep God's word, which of course they're not doing because Ahab is an idolater. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, 23, and 24 says, And the heavens over your head shall be bronze, and the earth under you shall be iron. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder. From heaven dust shall come down on you until you are destroyed. In other words, you're going to have a massive drought. And that is what Isaiah, or excuse me, what Elijah is saying is going to happen now. There's going to be no dew, no rain fall upon the ground unless Elijah says otherwise. Now, again, this should not surprise us, right? Because when God lays out the consequences for sin, if we do those things and we don't repent, we shouldn't be surprised if the consequences come, right? And that's exactly what's going to happen to the nation of Israel. Um, Now, what about Elijah? What's going to happen to him during this period? Look at verse 2. It says, And the word of the Lord came to him, Depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens, 
to feed you there. So God is going to provide for Elijah. He gives him a particular place to go where there's going to be water, and he's going to provide for him food. Verse 5 says, So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. Elijah obeyed. He went and lived by the brook Cherith, Cherith, that is east of the Jordan. And then verse 6 says, And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. This sounds a lot like what God did for the nation of Israel when they were in the wilderness and they were thirsty. What did they do? God provided water. When they were going to be hungry, what did God do? He provided bread from heaven. He provided manna. And on occasion, he even provided meat. So God is showing once again that he is capable and willing to provide for his people, even in surprising ways, even in unusual ways. And verse 7 says, after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land, which means Elijah's word has proved true. And that's significant because the Bible tells us that a true prophet, uh, whatever, what he says is going to come to pass. Otherwise, he's not a true prophet, right? Deuteronomy 18.22 says, When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. But Elijah's word has come true, and Ahab has every reason to be afraid. See you next time, Lord willing.